Fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into the program. What's up? The greatest day of the entire week. It is a Tuesday. Ready to rock and roll for another day. Welcome into the program. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Hey, did you know? Inflation's down. Inflation's down to 7.4-7.5%. We are living the dream. Now go out, spend all that money because why the hell not? Inflation is extremely low. Well, <laughs> yeah. Welcome into the show. This is the Voice Reason. I am Edie Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you like to watch, listen, hang out on the program, we love you to death, appreciate you very much. Your Millennial General reporting for duty. We are waiting. I'm trying to get the our guest on right off the bat here, but we have not been able to make contact yet. Hold on here. We just got it. Should we call it live on the air? I feel like that's a little weird to call live on the air. Don't know if we can do that. Uh, if we're going to try and get her on the program, I've been a big fan of hers uh, since the COVID-19 pandemic. You may remember the name, Dr. Stella Emanuel. She has a new book out called Let America Live as we talk about the COVID-19 pandemic, the flu season, the shortage of medications, and a heck of a lot more. If you remember, Dr. Stella Emanuel was the physician who practiced in Nigeria for a long time, and the media went haywire with her because she was the one on the steps of Washington, D.C., forcing, or not forcing, but at least encouraging individuals to get uh, hydroxychloroquine and saying that we do not need the COVID-19 vaccine. She has a new book out, and we're going to try and get her on the program here in a little bit. So we might be able to do that if we can get her on the phone, and uh, we'll see if we can't do that in a little bit. Also, coming up, bottom of the hour, we have David Stockman. He is the author of The Great Money Bubble. We've chatted with him before on the program. He's going to talk to us about ways to protect ourselves against inflation because while the government says, hey, 7.5%, 7.4%, things are down, go out and spend your money, baby. We realize that still we're dealing with 7% inflation in the nation, and what can we do to make sure that we protect ourselves with all the money that is going out? So welcome into the show. Always great to have you along for the ride today, and appreciate it very much. Uh, uh, real quickly, while we try to get Dr. Stella on the program, there is apparently this is going on for way too long, but they're doing the farewell tour with Dr. Anthony Fauci. As you know, he's leaving the NIH and he's officially retiring now that he's completely bombed the COVID-19 pandemic. And he's been doing his farewell in Washington, D.C., and he's been rubbing it in with all the elected officials that have been investigating him. And he says he'll show up for some of the investigations. Don't know if that's necessarily true, but he says he's going to show up. But he sat down with Andrea Mitchell on CN or MSNBC, and he's been doing his farewell here where they absolutely love him to death, just giving him all the praise in the world and how wonderful he is. And oh, by the way, Elon Musk's a terrible, horrible human being because his tweet that he made just a day or two ago saying that Elon Musk's pronouns are prosecute Fauci. And Dr. Fauci didn't like that a whole lot. 
Well, to be honest with you, Andrea, I don't I don't pay attention to that. I mean, yeah, he has a big megaphone, but I mean, the Twitter sphere as it is has really gone berserk lately. It's got to become almost a cesspool of misinformation. So I don't you're really not even sure what he said, but I don't pay attention. I don't have a Twitter account. I don't tweet and I don't listen to tweets. So whatever he said, I'm not paying attention to it. Yeah, I'm above that. That guy's a low life. Don't worry. He's only the most richest guy on the face of the earth, and he's only in hands at like one of the most technologically advanced things with Tesla and with the brain and the neural link. And don't worry, that guy's. I don't pay attention to Twitter. It's accessible. All that misinformation now that Elon Musk is taking over, even though we're just allowing factual information and we've seen the suppression of information on the Tweety, I find a little bit hilarious. I mean, remember, this is Dr. Fauci. He is science. So now that he's retiring, science is officially retiring because Dr. Fauci is science. He doesn't just agree with science. He doesn't work with science. He doesn't try to understand science. He is science. So now that he's leaving, we do not have science in the government any longer. That's his take on this. So anything that goes against what he says is misinformation. And the fact that Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, we're still on. We're strike number two. If I get Dr. Emanuel on the program, whether it's today or whether we get her on in the next day or so, that will be the third strike for us on YouTube. And our our YouTube channel will be done. Finito. Over. And we have, I don't know, a couple hundred followers on YouTube, which is fine. Whatever. We can transfer transition. I don't know how many people actually watch it on YouTube anyways. But that will be it because she, outside of Donald Trump and outside of a few others, she is one of the most hated medical experts in the country. As she talks about the hydroxychloroquine and the lack of needing of the COVID-19 vaccine. Very controversial. Especially for someone like Dr. Fauci, who's got his financial grubby little hands within the making of many of the vaccines and forcing everybody to get it and saying that if you don't get it, then you'll probably just die in the street or pass it on to somebody else who will die in the street. Even though they may have gotten the vaccine and you didn't, you're still spreading it to them and therefore you're killing them because they had the vaccine and you didn't it's a very confusing thing it's way above everybody's heads including mine so therefore we just can't question it because he is science he goes on to try and show how gracious and careful he is about the ongoing controversy about COVID-19 and the vaccines and how it's not just harming science meaning him but also the graciousness that he has in thinking about the young generation even though I don't listen to or bothered with those strange bizarre tweets like prosecute me for what i mean i I don't know what he's thinking about what the what it does is it it really is um turns people away uh i'm afraid younger individuals who are interested in getting into public health might say what is all this about where public health officials who are doing nothing more or less than trying to save people's lives by promoting good public health principles get attacked for reasons that seem inexplicable. So it really is, I I believe, Andrea, a a manifestation of the profound divisiveness which we have in our society right now and the politicization of science, which leads to absurd statements like that. For a guy who's been in quote-unquote science and is science and has has gone through the science uh, realm for so many years, you would think that he would understand that science is not concrete. There's always different theories out there which is the beauty of science. It's like an art. You know, political science is an art 
the you know science of NASA in philosophy and quantum physics or physics in general. It's an art. You have mathematical formulas that give you a concrete number, but at the same time, the interpretation of science is always an art form as well. And especially with the way that numbers are done, and especially in the federal government, that numbers are relative now based on how you interpret those stats and those numbers. So him trying to say, well, it's going to abuse the young generation. The young generation of those getting into the healthcare industry, the vast majority of them have come to the conclusion that we need socialized healthcare in this nation, which is very strange and fascinating as well. So the fact that he's worried about the young generation being corrupted, I think he's kind of a day late and a dollar short, don't you? He's just a little bit late on the draw there for there. Oh, the young generation is getting corrupted because there's so much division in science today to where they're not interpreting the numbers my way, the way that I want to. The narcissism. Man, I get that these guys go to college for years and years and years, and they are way smarter than me, and they can break this stuff down way better than myself. But the narcissism, the uppityism. The stuck-up isms, and yes, I'm just creating these words as I go. Uh, these guys drive me absolutely nuts because to them, it's either our way or the highway, and those are the ones that you kind of rebel against. We, we're still Americans, right? I mean, we may not have the nation that we did back in 1776, but we're still Americans, and we have just a little bit of that DNA left within us, that primal instinct that when someone tells us this is what you must think and this is what you must do, we begin to rebel on that. Even if it's not the smartest idea to rebel on it, you still rebel on it just by your own natural instincts to say, the hell with you, I'm going to do my own thing. There's a difference in saying, hey, this is what we recommend, but do what you want, and then this is what you must do and Dr. Fauci has taken the road of with the vaccine and the mandates and the masks and the social distancing and the isolation of this is what you must do or else you will die. And we know that to be obviously not the case in any way, shape, or form. And just by him saying that, that kind of rebellious phase comes out of me of like, to hell with you, dude. I'm gonna do my own thing. I don't really care. My daughter, and I've told this story many times before, my daughter, I don't do that to her and say, This is what you must do. I tell her as eight years old and she's trying to figure out the world. I say, look, it's not smart for you to do that. You probably shouldn't do that. And if you do, this will be the consequence. You will get hurt or you could very well get hurt. And she's one of the smartest kids that I know. And she actually listens because she's not one of the rebellious ones like I am. And she listens to it. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to do that. And the couple times that she did, guess what? She broke her foot. Actually, she fractured it twice. (laughs) because <laughs> we told her not to jump down the stairs. She jumped down the stairs. She learned. And instead of babying her, then I say, guess what? Shouldn't have done that, should you have? That's what we want. We want the power and the control to be left with us for us to make our own damn decisions. And we can see the repercussions of the decisions that he made, the unintended consequences of what's going on in the country right now, where we have a medication shortage with the tridemic that health officials are all concerned about with COVID and RSV and the flu, because everything is so much worse now than it ever has been ever, ever, ever. When we know that's not the case, it's just the fact that you have not been out in public for uh, as much. you not wearing your mask any longer. So now that we're going into the first flu season without a mask mandate in communities, now we're being exposed to people and things that we haven't been exposed to with with nearly two years. And all of a sudden, people are getting sick because your body forgot how to be exposed to them and how to build antibodies to them and how to fight off those viruses. Guess what? I'm assuming and I can only use this with my first-hand account, could be totally wrong on this, but I'm assuming the ones that fought the mask mandates for the last two years are the ones that are probably not getting the flu and going to the hospital and getting sick. 
And I can only say that based on the firsthand account of myself and my family because we did not wear masks the entire two years and we have not gotten sick with the flu. I got a sniffly cold and uh, kind of a, a feeling kind of run downness for like three days, and that was about it. And guess what I did? I drank holistic tea, and I drank my elderberry concentrate, and after three, three days, I was back up and at it and had no problems whatsoever. But Dr. Fauci, man, doubling down, doubling down on that vaccine. You are killing people if you don't go along with it. Well, I, I think that the idea that people who otherwise you would expect to get vaccinated are not getting vaccinated a lot of it, as we know, is related to ideological persuasion. I mean, it's no secret that if you look at red states versus blue states, that the red states are under vaccinated and the blue states are much more vaccinated. If you look at the deaths among unvaccinated and vaccinated people, the unvaccinated are very, very much highly weighed towards hospitalization and death than the vaccinated individuals and vaccinated in Booth. And there's a preponderance of one political persuasion in one group versus the other. I feel badly for that because as a physician and a scientist, I don't want to see anybody suffer. Nor do I. Nor do I. No one wants to see anybody suffer. The political persuasion that he talks about is completely unfactual and untrue, which is normal Dr. Fauci just saying things just to try and say things. And when we talk about the manipulation of the numbers and the manipulation of the stats, this is a prime example of that. The demographic that he's talking about is really the older generation that's 65 plus the obese generation or the obese ones that have uh, primarily a little bit on the heftier side of things or ones that have autoimmune issues if you want to break that down politically you can say that predominantly the ones that are 65 plus across the nation are predominantly republicans in predominantly Republican states where people like to go and retire. So again, talk about the manipulation of the numbers. You could really try and break that down, but that's factually untrue. We know the demographics that are most likely to be affected by the flu or RSV or COVID. We protect them. We do what we can to make sure they are protected and safe and healthy. Leave everybody else the hell alone, dude. Get out of here. Stop your farewell tour. No one cares about you any longer. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. So I've heard from the PR team with Dr. Stella Emanuel. We're going to get her rescheduled here in the next couple of days. They are working on that one. Not a big deal. I uh, just wasn't able to connect with her today. But no worries. I am excited to chat with her again. She has her new book out there, Let America Live. If you don't remember Dr. Stella Emanuel, they gave her a hard time, man. I mean, they found and they dug into her big time in the media, just tried to laugh at her and toss her off. She has a her family practice down in Houston, Texas, I believe. And as she came out on the foot on the steps of the Capitol in a couple years ago out of D.C. and talking about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and how we don't need the vaccine and how we can deal with this on our own. And we can just have our already medicine that we already have on the market to deal with this stuff. And they just destroyed her to the point to, if you remember, She's a very religious individual. She's also a pastor. And while her uh, while she did her practices over in Nigeria, she had talked about some of the succubi or succubus or whatever you want to call them, the, the spirits that would rape or impregnate women and all the illnesses, including some of the 
womanly issues like the uh, interstitial cystitis or if you have uh, endometriosis or any of those sorts of things that were caused by um, devilish spirits that would infest individuals, which, hey, you know what? I'm not here to say one way or the other. We talk a lot about religion and spirituality on this program and other programs as well. I'm not here to say one way or the other, and I have seen some of the crazy stories and heard some of the crazy stories and seen some of the crazy stuff that goes on in Africa with how insanely spiritual they are down there. So I'm not here to say one way or the other, but I remember the media just going after her viciously for believing any of this stuff. And um, uh, she got pretty, she got drugged through the mud pretty badly, but She's still there. She's come out with her new book, Let America Live. We'll get her on the show again here relatively soon. Uh, the next few days on the program, we'll wait for a confirmation and let you know on that one. In the news of COVID-19 and Dr. Fauci doing his farewell tour, not just in Washington, D.C. in the Capitol and all his great elitist friends in D.C., but also with the mainstream media where, uh, it's, uh, where they loved be- being able to get him on there. Andrea Mitchell, and just gushing over him on how terrible it is for people to attack him, on how terrible it is for people to go after him because he's just trying to help. He's trying to help, but he's kind of... Either he's got his own personal interests and he just doesn't care about people because he has his own personal financial interests with the investments that he has, or he's just really, really dumb because that's two major pandemics that we've seen in the last 50 years that he's handled and has botched big time from the beginning of his time in, in power with the... Uh, AIDS pandemic in the 80s all the way up until COVID-19. He started off rocky and he ended rocky. I can't see anything in the middle going well as well, although we didn't hear a whole lot from him throughout that time. But as we start to go through and do the 2020 hindsight of what's, what was done, what is being done, and how to make sure we're not doing this crap again, uh, we see this headline out of Breitbart.com with Ron DeSantis petitioning the Supreme Court out of Florida uh, to do the statewide grand jury to investigate the coronavirus vaccines on whether those are actually necessary with the quote-unquote wrongdoings related to the vaccines for the Chinese coronavirus. Quote, today I'm announcing a petition to the Supreme Court of Florida to impanel a statewide grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing in Florida with respect to the COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, where he said during the Public Health Integrity Committee. I like that. The Public Health Integrity Committee. The integrity. Now, government can't really regulate integrity, but they can at least expose the lack of integrity a little bit. In part, they would be asked to investigate concerns surrounding the mRNA shot and the microcarditis, along with holding manufacturers accountable for any misleading claims about the vaccine. Imagine that, which has been one thing that we've kind of seen the red flags pop up with uh, over the last couple of years is the lack of transparency and accountability from the vaccine manufacturers making these. Now, while they have been small, there has been a portion of the population with negative side effects. Why? Because everybody affects to a vaccine, response to a vaccine differently, positively or negatively, because everybody's body is individualized and everybody's body is personalized. And therefore, you're going to have a different reaction than somebody else. We need to hold the vaccine companies accountable when they manufacture them, which all of a sudden, if the legal liability falls on them, they're going to change their campaign tactics a little bit, aren't they? But they don't like that. And that's why God bless Ron DeSantis for doing that one. With Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio. 
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the show. Hey, thanks for hanging out today on a post-Monday celebration. The greatest day of the entire week. Why? Because I'm the eternal optimist. (laughs) That's why. And it's our first and final full week until the Christmas holidays next week. Welcome back into the show. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, all over multiple radio stations all over the country. And we have more jumping on board very soon. So welcome. Great to have you along. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. So don't you feel better? We have inflation at 7.5%-ish across the nation, depending on where you're at. Could be a little bit higher or lower, depending on what your local flavored government is like. You should go out and spend more. I mean, the Biden administration, they have fixed the economy, right? <laughs> As I mean, come on, he's created 10 million jobs and the economy's... A government, the, the, we just want the government to take care of things for us. That's what Biden said. Most people, the vast majority of Americans are hoping... That their government just takes care of the problem. Yeah, it just takes care of the problem. We just, you know, give our rights over to the government. They give us the social programs. They raise the inflation rates. They just make things more expensive. So we can give more back to the state. They continue to say that, uh, and as the banking uh, banking institutions and the credit card companies all say that we're spending more money, that all this money is going up. We're spending more because it's more damn expensive to buy things going into the holiday season. I don't know that we're necessarily purchasing more items. We're just purchasing the same amount and trying to keep it within our budget. I know, very triggering for the left. Very, very triggering. Yeah. To talk about anything more, that's the latest in our What's Trending with our next guest. What's Trending Today. As I am happy to have on the program, he's the author of the book, The Great Money Bubble. Protect yourself from the coming inflation storm. Excited to have on the program, Mr. David Stockman. David, how are you, my friend? Very good. Happy to be with you, Andy. Yeah, good. It's good to have you on the program. I mean, shouldn't shouldn't we be happy? The Biden administration solved it. We are at seven point four, seven point five percent inflation. The country's fixed. We've plateaued inflation. We should be all happy and just spend all of our money, right? <laughs> exactly right. You you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, inflation, if you measure it correctly, is probably even higher than seven point one percent. The figures that came out today showed that food or grocery store inflation was up 12% over the past year. And even though gasoline at the pump has come off the boil a little bit, it's still far higher than it was a year ago. So essentially, average people, average households, workers are behind the eight ball. Their wages have been going up maybe 4 or 5%. If you're lucky, inflation has been going up. 7 to 9%, and so everyone's behind. This isn't doing anybody any good. And uh, certainly uh, the problem of what I call, uh, you know, the money bubble, uh, inflation everywhere, not just at the grocery store, but across the spectrum of all financial values, uh, has been made in Washington, and uh, it's, uh, you know, only going to get worse as the Fed now tries to cope with this massive inflation that has generated over the last several uh, years. Interest rates have gone up a lot, yes, but they were at zero. So compared to where they should be and compared to what's sustainable and compared to the inflation rate, interest rates are still way too low. I mean, the the, uh, 10-year bond, uh, treasury bond, which is kind of the benchmark for all debt, 
closed today under 3.5%. The inflation rate, according to the government, is 7.1%, which means that if you uh, own the bond, you're uh, losing money because your yield uh, isn't even keeping up with inflation. That's just one you know, indicator of how uh, extensive and how serious this uh, inflation bubble really is. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Let's start off with the energy. You mentioned energy for a second. So how are gas prices as low as that? Which I say that again because we're still, uh, you know, over a dollar, dollar fifty more than what we were at the beginning of the Biden administration. But how are gas prices going down right now when we refuse to drill domestically to be energy independent like we were? We're begging OPEC and OPEC Plus for additional energy from their side while they say that they're going to stop production of near two million barrels a day uh, production themselves. So there's less that we can use. Although we've emptied our emergency funds and our reserves, we are buying it from a company who's producing less as well, but yet we're seeing prices slip. When is that bubble going to burst and what could it look like in 2023, do you think? Yeah, those are good questions. And the fact is, this is just short run uh, volatility in the market, in part caused by speculators in the futures markets. But let's look at the big picture. The big picture is that we have got uh, sanctions, uh, sweeping sanctions on the number one petroleum supplier in the world, uh, uh, the Russian economy, whatever you think uh, of the uh, Ukraine war, which I think is totally unnecessary. But the point is their supplies are being forcibly cut back by millions of barrels a day. The, the uh, Biden administration foolishly emptied our strategic petroleum reserve, and so now we're down to the lowest level since the ni- uh, 1980s when I was in the government uh, at OMB, but that's a one-time thing, uh, a million barrels a day of what is supposed to be our reserves for a real emergency like, you know, uh, the end of the world, uh, have been dumped into the market. That's uh, helped to put prices down. But I think none of it is sustainable. And the larger point is that the gas pump prices at the moment are averaging 3.25 a gallon nationwide. That's way the heck above where it was uh, two years ago or three years ago or most of the time for the last decade. At the same time, it looks like uh, production in the domestic uh, Oil, uh, you know, shale patch uh, has uh, peaked and is rolling over because you have an administration in Washington that's uh, carrying out a holy war against fossil fuels. Now, from my point of view, I think this whole climate crisis nonsense is a huge hoax. The, uh, you know, the war on fossil fuels is one of the dumbest mistakes that government has made in decades and decades, our prosperity comes from the cheapest energy possible, and they're trying to make it as expensive as possible. So uh, we have all those factors at work, and on top of that, we had uh, a long extended period in which the Fed flooded the market with, uh, you know, uh, fiat uh, credit which only uh, further uh, unbalanced the supply-demand e- equation and ultimately led to the kind of cost-of-living crisis that the uh, average household in America is facing today. 
It's very true. We're talking with David Stockman, author of the book, The Great Money Bubble, Protect Yourself from the Coming Inflation Storm. Obviously, you saw the inflation storm coming uh, early on, which is why we need to protect ourselves from this. And not just gas prices as well, as you mentioned, but energy as a whole. I mean, the Biden administration, while they're parading around on how good they're handling the economy and protecting people, they openly say that we're going to see our utility rates regarding uh, you know, our natural gas or our electricity go up near 30% for the wintertime. So, hey, everybody, strap in and get ready for that. And they're proud of this. They're not doing anything about it other than, oh, we'll try and give you a free check handout to try and help out with some of the cost. I mean, that's insanity to me. Yeah, and it's not going to work either. I mean, I think people recognize that Washington went off the deep end with all of these uh, COVID uh, relief bills and and Demi uh, checks, but when you add it all up, there were three different bills, the CARES Act in March 2020, and then the More CARES Act in December 2020, and then Biden's, uh, you know, American Rescue Act, so-called, uh, in March 2021. Well, each of those was $2 trillion big. That's $6 trillion worth of uh, random government spending. They just showered the system uh, with uh, free money, and everybody got it. Uh, there were toppers for unemployment. There was the $1,200 per person uh, STEMI check. There was trillions that went to local governments, healthcare institutions, education institutions, nonprofits. Then there was the whole $800 billion uh, scam called the PPP program, Paycheck Protection Program. Do you know that of the $800 billion of loans that were made, $740 billion were forgiven. So those weren't loans. Those were just handouts. They went to 12 million so, uh, uh, so-called small businesses, including most of the law firms in the country, most of the accounting firms in the country, a lot of Wall Street uh, financial uh, uh, trading operations. Uh, everybody had their hand in the till. Uh, that um, made uh, the markets look stronger than they really were. It made the economy appear to be stronger than it really is. And now, you know, we're in the uh, payback period. Yeah, well, the payback period is going to be very painful for us as we continue to move forward because, like you said, I don't see inflation going down anytime soon. we got just about a minute before we have to take a hard break here. David, can you stick over one more segment with us? Sure. Awesome, because yep. I, I want to tease uh, going into it, and this is just me being the nerd that I am, and you'll appreciate this. Is I see this headline from the Wall Street Journal of the federal deficit widening to a record $249 billion last month alone, which, as we see, we see the headlines every single month, every single quarter that the federal government, probably due to the inflation with people spending more money, which means sales taxes more because we're spending more money, therefore more sales tax going into the government, that we see this record income from federal tax receipts coming into the federal government month over month, quarter over quarter. And last year, we definitely saw that record. And while we see more money going into the federal government than ever before, we still see headlines like this of a record widening of the deficit of $249 billion in a single month. So when we come back, we're going to talk with uh, talk about that one with David Stockman, author of the book, The Great Money Bubble, Protect Yourself from the Coming Inflation Storm. Why, oh, why are we giving the government more money and yet they can't keep their budget under control? That's coming at the same time that they have to pass their continuing resolution by the end of this week or else we shocker scary shut down the government which means they're going to pass it which means we're going to not know where the money's going and then spend more money going into next year i get very angry at these things again the angry nerd is coming out we'll do some more of that when we come back here on the voice, voice reason. Stay reason here. with andy hoosier 
fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Reason, Common Sense, Rationale. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes here on the show. Wrap it up for the day on a post-Monday celebration. Got a lot to get to over the next few days. We have gotten word we will have Dr. Stella Emanuel on the program in the next few days as well with her new book talking about the COVID pandemic, the tridemic. That's right. It's not the COVID dam- pandemic anymore. It's the tridemic. COVID and the flu and RSV. We're just all going to die. Unless, of course, we get that vaccine. Get that jab, man. Right now, we're talking about some financial issues. We The angry nerd came <laughs> out of the box. I got some messages on that one. On uh, the, the new line here for the voice of reason, which again, as uh, in David is we're, right now, we're talking with David Stockman, author of the book The Great Money Bubble. As we talk about trying to lower inflation, and you called inflation, you know, a while ago, obviously, it frustrates me. And as you talked about the interest rates going up to try to battle this, what angers me more than anything else, and government doesn't seem to do anything about it, is that we see record tax revenue come in every single month, every single quarter, every single year to the government. And yet they continue to widen their deficit and then wonder why there's inflation. Then they turn around and flat out lie to us and say, well, printing off money and spending more money has nothing to do with inflation. I mean, David, help me out here. This this is driving me nuts. Well, you know, it is just uh, damn nonsense to tell you the truth. And you mentioned the November uh, budget deficit numbers. And I think, you know, it's a perfect illustration of your point. What they didn't say was that Spending in November amounted, this is one month now, 30 days in that month, to $501 billion. The government, uh, although took in high levels of revenue, the revenue was only $250 billion. So essentially, we're spending twice as much as we're taking in revenue from the entire U.S. economy. That's how far out of control this budget process really is. And once we got into all of these bailouts and COVID relief bills and stimmies and free stuff for everybody, uh, you know, we got on a track that uh, is just utterly unsustainable. You know, what kind of banana republic finance is it when at a time that supposedly we're not in a world war, we're not in a Great Depression, we're spending twice as much as we're taking in in receipts. That's the first point. The second point is that we had a huge bonanza of revenue last year because the Fed so inflated the financial markets and financial assets that by the end of the year, everybody you know, who's smart out there in America, and there's a lot of people who are smart, decided to cash in, take their winnings off the table, and they had to pay capital gains taxes. But that was a one-time thing, which already we're beginning to see the truth of the matter. And that is in November this year, revenue was actually 10% below where it was last year. So the bonanza is almost over on the revenue side, this one-time take of uh, capital gains from a, you know, stock market bubble beyond all bubbles. And uh, at the same time, spending is at a, you know, half trillion dollar per month run rate, uh, and we're only getting deeper in the fiscal soup. Now, until recently, that seemed to be tolerable because the Fed was printing all the money, that is, it was monetizing the debt, buying up 
$120 billion per month of Treasury securities and their cousins, the uh, mortgage-backed securities. But now, because inflation is so out of control, even the Fed has had to reverse course, turn off the printing press, and begin to shrink its balance sheet. It's thereby dumping $95 billion of government debt back into the bond pits rather than buying it up as it was previously uh, because it's desperately trying to bring these inflation rates uh, back towards its, tar- you know, its 2% target. Well, when the federal government is borrowing at the rates that we saw last month, you know, about $2 trillion annual rate, and the Fed is then dumping another trillion at an annual rate back into the bond pit, you're asking for a uh, economic uh, uh, conflagration of huge magnitude, and that's what we're heading into, unfortunately. Yeah, it's what we're heading into, and it's unsustainable to continue to do what we're doing. Something's got to break, something's got to give, and we've got to change something, and hopefully we can do it fast. We're out of time, my friend. I could talk to you about this for hours. It is the great money bubble. Protect yourself from the coming inflation storm. David Stockman. David, it's great to talk to you, my friend. I love it. Let's do it again here real soon, brother. Very good. Hey. Excellent. Thank you. Very good. Appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate that very much. That's it for us today. A podcast up here in just a little bit. We got lots more to cover over the next few days, but until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.